fun fact. Daylight savings doesn't begin at the stroke of midnight like you might expect it to. Rather, the time change is delayed until most people, hopefully, aren't awake to notice it. Shout out to my Nighthawks and Insomnia folks. By waiting until 2 a.m. to give or take an hour, the idea is that most workers with early shifts will still be in bed and most bars and restaurants will already be closed. So that's why daylight savings that shift always happens at 2 a.m. Welcome back to That Wasn't In My Textbook, the bi-weekly, oh wait, hold up. I mean, the weekly, yeah, we're a weekly podcast now. So welcome back to That Wasn't In My Textbook, the weekly podcast that helps us uncover the things we always wish we learned from that boring, bulky textbook. I'm your host, Toya, and you're now listening to Season 3, Episode 1, where we're going to uncover the history of daylight savings and explore where this crazy and annoying idea of shifting time came from. And this episode is called The History of Daylight Savings. Just give me the light in my Sean Paul voice. Just give me the light. Just give me the light. Just give me the light. It's that time of year where we agonize over waking up in the dark and going home in the dark. It's that time of the year when the sun sets at 5 p.m. It's actually quite depressing. Every year, twice a year, most Americans switch all their clocks forward or backward, one hour for daylight savings times beginning and ending. I don't know if you've heard the phrase, spring, forward, fall back. It's the phrase that explains daylight savings. And it falls on this Sunday, November 7th. We will all be turning our clocks back, gaining an extra hour of sleep, aka darkness, but losing daylight early. Traditionally, I think folks hate when it's fall and daylight savings ends and it's dark early as fuck. And then we all seem to cheer when daylight saving arrives in March and we get that extra hour of daylight at the end of the day so we can enjoy sunshine and vitamin D. And for my folks who get out of work at five, they still got a couple of hours of sunshine. They can go have a happy hour. They could be, you know. They can see. (laughs) So now this concept of daylight saving ain't new. It's been around for a long time, like over 100 years. So today in this quick solo dolo episode, we're going to explore where did this crazy and honestly annoying idea of shifting time come from? We're going to look at who the hell proposed it because I want to speak to management. We're going to look at when did it start We're going to also explore why falling back might not be such a good idea. Like, duh. And we're going to also look at some states that don't participate in daylight savings because there are some of those. There's some places in the world that don't participate. So we're going to talk about those. And then we're going to learn about some states who are trying to be set free from daylight savings. And then lastly, we're going to explore what life would be like if we just got rid of the whole damn thing. 
based on research, of course. So let's start with a definition because you know we love some definitions over here. So how do we define daylight savings? The idea, as the name implies, is to make better use of daylight. By changing our clocks in the spring, we essentially move an hour of daylight from morning to evening, allowing us to be outside longer during the summer, allowing the sun to traditionally set at 8 or 9 p.m., depending on where you are in America. And then in the fall, we turn the clocks back an hour and it gets darker sooner. And I hate it. <laughs> Daylight saving begins in the U.S. on the second Sunday in March. That's when we spring ahead and get that extra sunlight and we move our clocks forward an hour. And then daylight savings times ends on the first Sunday of November when clocks are moved back an hour and it gets dark early as shit. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> so where did this crazy and honestly annoying idea of shifting time come from? First, some people credit Benjamin Franklin for coming up with this original idea because he wrote kind of like a sarcastic letter to the Journal of Paris suggesting that waking up early in the morning would decrease candle usage and create considerable savings. But the official credit for the daylight saving time idea goes to a bug collector named George Hudson. George seriously proposed the idea of changing clocks by two hours every spring to the Wellington Philosophy Society. He wanted to have more daylight to devote to collecting and examining insects after his long hours at the post office, working at the post office. The idea was proposed for serious consideration in 1907 in the UK as a way to save energy, not to save the bugs, but it never hit. And so we fast forward to 11 years later and we enter World War I. And Germany starts doing this thing called daylight savings as a way to save energy. Germany moved the clock forward to have more daylight while people were at work. Several countries, including the U.S. in 1918, followed suit for the duration of the war. But once the war ended, daylight savings ended. So for World War I, the president was Woodrow Wilson, and he wanted to actually keep daylight savings. But at the time, the country was mostly rural and farmers were like, nah, because it would mean they would lose an hour in the morning of light. And so this kind of debunks one of the myths around daylight savings, which says that it was instituted by farmers. Actually, farmers did not want that because they wanted to be out early with the sun. So then, boom, fast forward to 22 years ahead and we're in World War II. 1939. And daylight saving is used again. It's brought back again to save energy for war production. And it later became a national standard in, U in the U.S. in 1966 when Congress passed the Uniform Time Act. So at the start of World War II, it was President Franklin Roosevelt. He reestablished daylight savings time all year round and called it wartime, which makes sense because they kept on bringing it back during the war. However, this is the part where you want to pay attention. At the start of World War II, it was President 
Franklin Roosevelt, and he reestablished daylight savings time year round, calling it wartime. The designated dates for daylight savings times were put into federal law. It became official in 1966 when President London B. Johnson set daylight savings to run from the second Sunday in March through the first Sunday in November. And so that's how we got it. London B. Johnson made it permanent and I hate it. (laughs) So that is my long historical nerdy way of telling you that daylight saving was originally implemented during war times. And then in 1966, London B. Johnson made it a permanent thing that we suffer through to this day. So what states and even countries don't participate in daylight savings and what states are trying to be free? So let's first start out with the countries. So Japan, India, China, and most of Africa, except for Morocco, don't observe daylight savings time. And they're doing fine, okay? They are thriving. States like Hawaii and Arizona do not observe daylight savings time. Although there is an indigenous group in Arizona that recognizes daylight savings time, which I imagine is rather complicated in a state that doesn't, but they work it out. Other territories owned by America like Guam, Puerto Rico, the U.S. Virgin Islands, the Northern Marina Islands, don't observe daylight savings time. And in 2021 alone, 33 states, I repeat, 33 states have attempted to get out of the bondage that daylight savings has on us. And those states include, but are not limited to, California, Florida, Arkansas, Delaware, Georgia, Maine, Oregon, Utah, And there's a couple more that I missed. But there we, because I'm in California, we're all trying to be set free from the whole dead daylight savings is holding on us. But in order for states to get rid of daylight saving, it has to be approved on both the state and federal levels. Most of the time for these states, you know, the people vote on the state level and we're like, let's get rid of it. But once it goes to federal level, Congress and them be like, nah, we're keeping it. And I don't know why. I don't know why. What is being proposed as an alternative to daylight savings is something called the Sunshine Protection Act. Federal lawmakers are in the process of proposing that daylight savings be made the permanent time. So that means that when we spring forward in March, they want that to be the permanent time where we have longer days and the sun sets at eight, nine, 10, depending on what state you are. And you get to just have more vitamin D. The Sunshine Protection Act of 2021 would set the time of daylight savings as the standard time, like I just explained. The act would essentially do away with the falling back period that we're going to experience this Sunday when it gets dark as hell at 5 p.m. And it lets us have longer days of sunshine and shorter nights. Of course, daylight saving does not change when the sun shines, like in a literal sense, but merely the time on our clocks. I am so pro-spa, that's what Sunshine Protection Act stands for, which is rather ironic that the acronym spells that. I think that having this act would help folks who experience seasonal depression. And speaking of depression, what would happen if we got rid of daylight savings and implemented this Sunshine Act? Would the world be a better place? Would we be happier? 
what would it look like? Well, according to a lot of research, a lot of good shit would happen if we implemented the Sunshine Act and got rid of, you know, falling back. One result would be reduced auto accidents. Increased daylight hours would increase visibility people could see, and that would reduce car crashes. And also it would reduce car accidents involving pedestrians and wildlife. Another result of implementing the Sunshine Act would be better health. The change could reduce stroke Like I said earlier, seasonal depression, and that's caused due to the disruption of changing the time, shifting the time twice a year. Our bodies are off. Our internal clocks are thrown off and then they go haywire and it leads to things like cardiac issues, stroke, and so on and so so forth. We could have better sleep. Studies show that it can take five to seven days for your body to adjust to a new time schedule. And that disruption in sleep could lead to bigger health issues. Another benefit of getting rid of daylight savings time is decreased in crime. A 2015 study showed that the end of daylight savings could lead to a decrease in robberies up to 27%. That's a big percentage because of additional daylight in the evenings. Because like, who are you going to rob during the day? You know, I can see you. Another benefit of implementing the Sunshine Act would be decreased obesity and more activity. Research from places like the Journal of Physical Activity and Health said there could be a reduction in childhood obesity because people would be increasing their physical fitness due to more hours of sunshine in which to be active because more sunshine means being outside, walking, even if you're just walking to happy hour, you know, it just makes you want to do more. And then adding to this idea of better health because we have more sunshine, the Journal of Environmental Psychology found that during daylight savings, pedestrian traffic increased, people walked a lot by 62%, and cyclist activity increased by 38%. And then one of the last benefits that I think we should know is if we got rid of daylight savings and did the Sunshine Protection Act is saving energy. Although this one's like a question mark. The U.S. Department of Energy reported that the end ending daylight savings could mean saving 0.5% in electricity every day, a total of 1.3 trillion watt hours. I don't know what that means, but I know 1.3 is 1.3 trillion is a lot. However, some show, other studies show mixed results. So I don't know if we're actually saving if the sunlight is out longer, but we'll just add it in there as the fifth benefit. Okay. So Those are the five-ish benefits of kicking daylight savings to the curb and living with the Sunshine Protection Act. Now, I got to keep it real. While I love all the benefits of getting rid of daylight savings and implementing the Sunshine Protection Act, you know, hashtag protect the sun, hashtag protect me from the 5 p.m. sunsets, there is one downfall to ending daylight savings and doing this Sunshine Protection Act all year round that would affect some people negatively. 
And that is the religious Jews and Muslims who attend daily prayer services at their synagogue and mosque based on sunrise and sunset. If daylight savings is removed, it will be almost impossible for those religious people in some parts of the country to attend prayer service in the morning and then get to work on time. For example, in Atlanta, sunrise on December 15th will be at 7.35 a.m. And that is when we turn our clocks back. Remember that. So the morning prayer services that begin at sunrise would end by 8.15 a.m. And people would likely make it to work by 9 a.m. However, without turning these clocks back in the fall, sunrise that same day would be earlier. It would be at 8.35 a.m. versus 7.35 a.m. So the sunrise would be at 8.35, which would mean morning services wouldn't finish until 9.15 a.m. This would make it a challenge for religious Jews and Muslims who work a 9 to 5 to attend services and to get to work on time. And so this is something to keep in mind as we talk about getting rid of daylight savings. Of course, my solution to this religious dilemma is to get rid of work. (laughs) Okay, I'm just joking. Obviously, we can't get of work. But just getting rid of this strict nine to five culture so that we have longer days of sunshine, which research shows will be good for all of us, for all our healths. And then for folks who need to go to service at sunrise and sunset, they can do that and not have to worry about clocking in at the stroke of nine. Of course, this is easier said than done, but I guess the overall theme here is let's stop controlling time. Let's stop shifting it, okay? And so we can all be free. We can all be healthier and just give us the light. (laughs) If we're going to have a better sleep, decrease crime, less auto accidents, decrease seasonal depression, and maybe even save energy, then why continue to do this wartime practice that started 103 years ago? We have to let daylight savings go. It has us by our necks. And 33 states have already told the government that we want it to be free. So why hold on to this, dare I say, unhealthy tradition? I mean, China, India, Japan, Africa minus Morocco, shit Arizona and Hawaii, they're all good without shifting the time twice a year, and we can be too. Well, that is the conclusion of episode one of this brand new season three. Make sure you subscribe to hear more episodes just like this. This new season is a mix of short solo dola episodes and some longer episodes with quite a few dope guests who school us on a couple of things from the history of minimalism to the history of reality TV to the history of stripping. Okay, I'm not going to tell y'all any more episodes that are coming in. But, you know, this is the history class you never knew you wanted and that you don't want to miss. Before you press stop, on me, come on, listen to the end. Do me a favor. Share this episode on your favorite social media platform. Make sure you're subscribed. Tell a friend to tell a friend. And please, 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 please leave a review. All those things are so helpful to growing our community of fly-ass history enthusiasts. 
If you are curious about what season three has in store, take a listen to our season three trailer and make sure you come back next week. Yeah, I said next week. We're no longer a bi-weekly podcast. We're a weekly podcast. We're stepping it up on season three. So Friday, next Friday, November 12th, we'll have a brand new episode. And until next time, remember, knowledge is power.